Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Theme Park Corner for Halloween Horror Nights. I'm Dan, and I'm joined by Eden. Eden, say hi. Hello. So we are about five or six weeks deep into quarantine right now, uh, both Disney and Universal uh, for Orlando and Southern California. They remain closed. Don't really know too much when they'll reopen. Uh, Last I heard... Some projections for Disney were that they were planning on... They have plans in motion. The specifics of those plans aren't well known, but there are some reliable accounts on YouTube and Twitter that say that Disney's optimistic that they could reopen June 1st. Hopefully Universal isn't too far after that because we would really like to start getting some official announcements. It is April 22nd and we still don't have one announcement. Happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. Uh, no, we don't have um, any announcements. The Halloween Horror Nights Twitter account has actually been very quiet compared to the Universal one. It's been um, more of a troll, if anything. Yeah, uh, but I have been seeing some things on Twitter. There's a, a girl I follow, and she lives close enough to the parks that she can actually hear construction. And um, she said that today she saw a bunch of trucks going with lumber like towards the back towards men in black and she even tweeted a few hours ago that at nine o'clock she even saw more trucks going in they had a giant floodlight up so they're working on things and we've seen pictures on twitter of some of the one of the parade float buildings where i think universal monsters was last year i think that's the building it is and there are walls and things up in there so they're working we we do know that um i saw someone post that you know up until a few weeks ago that the people who do costumes for the event had been working and things like that so and that they were she said according to her source they were ahead of schedule so things are still being worked on which is nice to know it would just be nice if we could get just like the smallest announcement yeah i do apologize if anyone heard some eating noises near my microphone one of our dogs got a little too close to the mic uh, and he was having some digestive issues <clears throat> but i agree um we got our first announcement for halloween horror nights 29 in march of 2019 and we're almost towards the end of april and we don't have anything for hhn 30 and i understand that they may feel like it's not a good time to go ahead and make an announcement because there's still the overall threat that the event could just not happen depending on how long we have to really keep things closed I know the state of Florida and the governor would probably prefer to open things up as soon as possible. Um, We live in Georgia, and our governor yesterday on Tuesday announced that nail salons, barbershops, bowling alleys, those will be open on Friday as well as gyms. And then this coming Monday, restaurants are going to start opening up. And we live in an area that is highly populated, um, and it draws a lot of crowds because we have a lot of bars and restaurants and shops in our area. And so we feel like it's going to draw more people to our neck of the woods, which has you a little nervous, I can tell. I'm kind of worried about it as well because I don't think it's a great idea. 
to open everything so soon, especially when the president, who has also been an advocate for getting things open, when he says it's a, it's too early to open things up and you're opening things up now at the end of April, it's probably a bad idea. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, oh my goodness. Like, he's against it, which is, like, crazy because I know that they do want to... I understand people wanting, like... We work in the film and TV industry. I would love to be back at work. But again, that is an industry that has massive yeah. amounts of people around each other. I understand it. I just, it is, it's a, it's crazy. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we'll do our thing to make sure we're, we're safe, but it is a little unsettling. Yeah. So it would be nice to have some announcements to take my mind off that. And that's the other thing is like, you have people clamoring for announcements and I get that they, they probably just don't want to make any announcements until they're 100% sure that they're going to go on with the event. Now, it's like you said that they're currently still planning for it. Like, they're still building everything. We've seen permit leaks and everything like that. Like, they're loading in lumber. Uh, we saw that they're going to be doing some interior alterations to the Shrek stage, which usually means that that's construction for a house as well. Um, but we do have a new speculation map, courtesy of Horror Night Nightmares. Uh, that's at HN Nightmares on Twitter. So we do credit them. For the speculation map, they are usually pretty accurate with these. Um, we've hyped them up in the past. We talked about them in the last podcast. Yeah, uh, I had a, a friend who's new to the event um, and another friend who has been a very big Horror Nights nerd with us that we always send things. And so we brought her in and she we sent her the first speculation map and she was like, how accurate are these? And we went back and found like ones from last year that they had done and they're they're very very close with a lot of things so yeah. they're a good source to follow so let's break it down now in the last podcast we did a pretty slow house by house introduction of everything we're not, we're not going to do that this time because it would just be beating a dead horse what we will do is right now i will just say that beetlejuice uh, a universal monsters the bride music by billy eilish house is uh on the prospectus map you're looking at me like I'm at, I have the wrong map up. I'm just making sure. It says 2.0. Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, I didn't realize the the billion dollars had been moved to the bride thing, so that was just. Uh, That's just on the new perspective, yeah. now. So we have Beetlejuice, a Universal Monster House, uh, focusing more on the bride and music by Billie Eilish. Bedtime Stories is number three. Terra Cruentis. I'm probably butching that pronunciation, so I do apologize. That's the fourth one. Dungeon of Terror, which is the one I'm hoping really happens. I really don't want that one to be. Uh, false or fake or in any way. Oh, and I just want to point on the last map that the Dungeon of Terror was originally, it was on here, but um, where it was located was what they were calling the Billie Eilish house. And now that since it's been moved to the Bride, Dungeon of Terror has moved up to the um, Men in Black area on this map. Okay. Uh, they have one house as a pumpkin original. Uh, the Haunting of a Hill House, which is a Netflix property. A house called Legendary Truth. And now we do have two houses that are kind of up in the air. One is a secret IP, and another is an unknown original. Now, this is a little bit different. Let's go over the differences from the last one. I will pass the ball off to you for this. All right. Um, as I mentioned before, Billie Eilish had had her own house. Now it's seeming that they've looped her music in with The Bride, which I could see that working. It kind of doesn't. It kind of intrigues me more so now. Um, and then... Um, and so the other uh, easy one to, to note is that the um, Legendary Truth on the last map was Legendary Truth Cary, Ohio. 
where it seemed like it would be based on a lot of the the lore that the the event creates about the this town. Um, so maybe it's different things besides just Cary, Ohio that they're they're looping in or um, something like that. The um, pumpkin original is is very uh, interesting because um, if you follow the event or really well versed on their lore and if you're not a good person to follow is Christopher Ripley um he's on Twitter he also writes books that are called Halloween Horror Nights Unofficial he also runs the Halloween Horror Nights Unofficial website but they're books that he's compiled with um facts and just stories about the event from when it first started and he puts one out every year that kind of leads up he has one that covers every uh the events that are around the world as well um but in his book he covers a lost icon that would have been at the 2008 event and that um icon was uh, put forth by Makiola and it was Nathaniel Crow who um they were trying to tie it into the Carnival of Carnage from 2007 and he kind of runs into Jack he can't understand why nothing stays on the land that he has and so he teams up with Jack to bring his carnival the carnival leaves um, but Crow is still there and um, he starts to it's a very weird story he starts to lose blood and then he finds this rhyme he says it and he becomes like even more immortal he's half pumpkin he has crow feathers hanging from him there's like a rotting farm so a lot of people think that maybe they bring this character into the event um, as a way to honor him because last year was Mike Iola's last year as being the head um, creative for Horror Nights. Um, now he's at the Epic Universe um, part, new park that they're going to be doing. So it would be very interesting and I could see maybe if they don't make Nathaniel Crow the icon for the event that they do... Uh, maybe do a house to like honor that and finally bring it forth. Well, even if they don't do make him an icon, <clears throat> or if they did make him an icon rather, it makes sense to have a house for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've done well with like these farm agricultural houses before. Uh, I remember they did one for the harvest, or that was a scare zone. You know, it's, that one was awesome. Yeah, I loved that one. Like, if you have a character that caters more towards pumpkins, which is a big part of fall and Halloween, just give it a house. Like, they look good. Uh, even if it's a scare zone, still looks great. I mean, um, as I mentioned, like, it tied that. He was supposed to tie into the event beforehand. Yeah, and it which, has HHN lore. So yeah. if it's already appealing to yeah. the event, just roll with it I'm, and, and I'm okay with it I would like to see an icon this year since we yeah. haven't seen one in a few years but in the fact that it, since it was tying into that event before that and that the Carnival of Carnage had Jack and like the caretaker and the other past icons so the pumpkin house could be a way to honor that honor him and maybe bring some more icons into that house as well um, but I agree I, I would like to for it being a big year I would like to see um an, an icon. It is hard to think that it's the 30th one, and it would be pretty wild <clears throat> if they didn't have an icon. Uh, but let's uh, go into some other... Any other big changes that you noticed? I noticed that we got rid of oh, um, Gremlins and Sabrina, yes. and I'm pretty happy about those two being off the table. 
And and I think we, we mentioned it in the, the last podcast. Those are Warner Brothers properties. And Universal and Warner Brothers have not had the greatest relationship when it's come to using their properties for Horror Nights. They were building a conjuring house and they pulled out and told them they weren't allowed to do it because also that family has had issues with people using their you know, their family and their story. And they had to then put together, I think they threw together really quickly one of the Blumhouse houses, and there were still like nods that people could see that it was supposed to be represented of The Conjuring, but they had changed it. So I kind of understand why they would have gotten rid of those two, because it, it is um, a company that they don't have the greatest relationship with letting them use their stuff. And this is the same reason why it might be a really long time before we ever see an It or a Pennywise house. Yeah, because when that first movie came out, Warner Brothers decided that they were going to throw their own backlot mini version of a, a fest, like a Halloween event. And it looked awful. It did. It looked pretty boring. <laughs> and then the next year they didn't do it because it didn't bring in what they wanted with Horror Nights being out in Hollywood. Not Sperry Farm doing, you know, their thing as well. Like, you're competing against two companies that have been in this industry for a long time. And it just, it didn't hold up. All right. Any other changes that you wanted to touch on? Um, no, I think that was... I think we still it. don't really know anything about food and drink. We don't know anything about the scare zones. We know AOV will be back. We can assume there's another Lagoon show. And I think they wanted to do another show. I might be wrong. People are kind of speculating or hoping that maybe they do throw in a third show. A lot of people want it to be a Bill and Ted show because that was taken away and they, they miss it. Um, but, I mean, I could figure that out doing it. Like, kind of like uh, 25 real quick. When we went and Jack had his stage <laughs> by the Central Park area, maybe they do something like that with somebody if they don't do a Bill and Ted's thing. I don't... I'm not ruling out a Bill and Ted show. However... Halloween Horror Nights has to walk a fairly fine line because this is a good year to capitalize on maybe doing another Bill and Ted show because the Bill and Ted movie, the third one, is still projected to come out this year. It's one of the few movies that hasn't been pulled from its initial release. And so, sure, they could still do the show even if the movie is pushed. Because but it doesn't really follow the movies. It is a pop cultural no, referential thing. But it's just you want to capitalize on the marketing and the actual timing more than mm. anything else. So I think it's a good time for them to possibly do a Bill and Ted show as a one-off this year. Other than that, I'd be totally fine if they scrapped it and didn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that mostly covers the new speculation map. Like we said, no scare zones, no food and beverage. I guess the one thing to look forward to is that once we start getting an, and and I'm starting to level with the fact that if Universal hasn't announced anything by now, they're probably not going to announce anything until the parks are safe and they can open up. So the good news is that we could just get a flurry of just announcements throughout our summer, which is fine. I like that. You know, really the only announcement we've had so far was just the buy one get one tickets which we've taken advantage of and those are still on sale until uh june 3rd um yeah i agree like i feel like it's and i was talking with some other people about this that there are two ways i feel like it can go the one being it's gonna be fast and furious of how many announcements back to back to back we're gonna get leading up to the event if it stays with its september 10th opening day or a real real mean thing that they could do would just not really drop anything until like opening day 
and we know nothing and it just be like boom here it is all on the website i don't think it'd be <laughs> it wouldn't be great marketing just to do no. nothing though but I, but so that's why I hope I know that wouldn't happen. But I could just that, those are the, really the two ways I could see it happening. Like there is the perception that this is such a well-oiled machine that they it'll it'll still make money if they don't advertise anything. Like they'll sell the tickets, they'll sell shirts, they'll sell food and drink. However, they also make money off advertising and making announcements. Draws a lot of traffic to the website gets a lot of attention on social media so they do want that financial aspect of it too but i'll agree i think that they could just do a horde of announcements possibly just between july august and then early september before their post labor day opening yeah and um i think something that's really interesting if i remember correctly when the um bogo tickets went on sale um people in europe they normally get tickets before us just because of like the amount of like they have tour like people who plan these trips for them and things like that and i believe back when like even the bogo tickets were going on sale they could buy the rush of fear on certain websites we've not seen like the rush of fear tickets or anything like that the tickets that are like multi-night tickets that you can buy we've not seen any of those yet here so i'm thinking maybe after june 3rd we're definitely going to see like rip tours unmasking tours these rush of fear tickets maybe start popping up on the the site which um which will be something to to look at and see what they are because the bogo tickets like we said are on sale until june 3rd and they are 84.99 plus tax per person buy one night you get second night free they're really worth their money we buy we bought two last year we bought two this year it's four nights for under like what you'd buy if you bought the tickets at the gate or waited till like the actual for one day tickets went on sale yeah so so, really, the big question is, you know, it, whether the event will still happen. We still think it will, um, but we do think that when the parks reopen and they kind of have to just ease back into getting the parks up to speed, because you know, both Disney and Universal, they've had to furlough workers, they've had to lay off workers. When they do reopen, they may have to bring in new employees to possibly work. So it's not like they can just open up full scale and go full capacity. So you and I were talking about this earlier where we think that there's a chance that attendance could be kept not to like a bare minimum, but it could be lighter this year than we've seen in recent years and that they could, they may not conga line it through the houses as we've seen. They may go virtual queues. They, they may pulsing. pulse the people into the houses and everything like that, which enhances the experience if you're going through the house because you'll essentially get every scare. But... It comes with the caveat that you have to understand that Universal may be looking at less attendance for this year. Yeah, and I mean, I will add on that. Like, if you can go through a house when you get there, if you go to a vet and you do stay and scream, and if you go to one of the back houses, if you can get in those houses before there is really a line, it's terrifying for me. Um, but it is a way different experience than being packed in with a lot of people. Um, we've never really experienced pulsing. They started doing it, I think, like a few nights after we left last year. Um, but it, it is a different experience, and I do think that it, if the event stays on track and it does happen, we are definitely going to see a lot of different things and new uh, procedures be put in with how they handle it. I definitely don't see them, you know, if they do stay and scream, it's not going to be the same, like, packed people in and in lines to do that. They're not going to want people 
packing the gate in the entrance of yeah. the park because I mean that that gets insane the amount of people that stand out there. That truly is like before the event opens and the gates are just packed. That is the coronavirus nightmare. It, it really. It's is. everybody shoulder to shoulder, like they can all just hold hands. It it looks like. It's a concert crowd. Like we, everyone's we just so missed, close together. Yeah, we missed a stay and scream one time last year, and we decided to just stay at NBC Sports Bar and Grill and just have some more drinks and some food because we didn't want to stand in that because it, it is insane. And we waited a little bit, but even then, like trying to find, you can't figure out where a line starts to to get through the the gate to scan your ticket. I remember that. that. So, I remember we were standing in line and we we're like, "This is stupid." It kept we, shifting. We really messed up because we missed stage screams. So we went and we bought. We just saw like a little boutique or one of those booths set up for fast passes. We went and got fast passes, and then we went to NBC Sports and just kind of like waited everything else out. But like we, there was no line. It kept shifting. It kept moving. I think yeah. I think we even went in through like their exit gate because yeah. like there was there's just so many people. So I I definitely see that there's going to be some differences happening um, with with the event this year. Now it's still five months away. Um, and I know, like, a lot of projections aren't promising for vaccines, everything. Like, hey, bud. That projections aren't great for vaccines and, and everything. But there's optimism that sports could be returning. Like, there's they're talking about how NASCAR could return in, in May at Florida and Texas. Talking about how hockey could resume its playoffs or start its playoffs in July. So once these things start happening... And the parks open up. I feel like there's kind of a sense of return to normalcy, but it's really going to be, you know, can they get it done right? And part of that is like they won't be able to open up the parks to full capacity. Like you're going to have to really wait your turn at the gate. And and we've seen with um, uh, Shanghai and, and Disneyland has has slowly started to open up, and they're working on procedures of how to handle crowds in line, seating people. Um, in rides and in, in like shows, um, and con- like fireworks and parades and things like that. So and taking people's temperatures and things. So it's we're definitely gonna have to for a while get used to a new normal when it comes to parks. Um, but I, as of right now, I don't see the event really being in in jeopardy. If anything, maybe they they push it or they they change the amount of people who can go or. God forbid, maybe have to shorten it or something, yeah. but I don't, I don't see it being canceled yet. Yeah. So we've been in quarantine for over a month now. I'd say if we get to this point at the beginning, maybe mid June, so two months from now, and they don't really have a promising plan set up. Like if the parks aren't open in two months, then I might be a little bit concerned because we bought our BOGO tickets, we have the hotel paid for and everything, you know. So. We could easily get our money back if the event is canceled, but at the same time, like I don't want the event to be canceled. Like, I, I want to be able to, to go. Like it's it's a highlight every year for us to go down to Horror Nights, as nerdy as that sounds. Um, but you know, we'll see where we stand. As of right now, sure, the event will still go on. But if we're kind of sitting here in the same spot in two months, yeah, I'll, I'll be a little concerned. But uh, so that was just a quick discussion on the second speculation map. Uh, that one came out nine days ago. They could easily have another one, version 3.0, come out within the next week or so. And if that's the case, we'll do another podcast and break it down and go over the changes. Um, and uh, one thing I just want to touch on is we do finally have a YouTube page. We only have one video, but we did finally upload a, um, 
a shorter version took a lot out because the event is not happening more but um our time at mardi gras yeah you can you can see that see some of the parade <clears throat> tour the um the tribute store if you, you missed it and things like that so if you want just uh, go check it out it is theme park corner on youtube um but yeah we got some stuff coming and uh at the very least, I have a trip lined up, but I'm hoping Eden can come with me. Uh, sometime between May, June, possibly July, uh, we do have to go out to Southern California. And if that's the case, we will get video content from maybe, probably Disneyland. I'm not so sure how if we're going to go to Universal Hollywood. We went there last year for a couple days. Um... But we do have a trip lined up for Southern California. We're just not sure of the exact dates yet. So we will get footage of our trip there. Obviously, we'll make a few videos and upload those to YouTube. Um, hopefully, we can get in because we do know like around the time that we have to go, it's going to be around the time that everything starts opening up again. Mm -hmm. And when we go out there, they may not even be open. So that's, that would be quite sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But be on the lookout for that. We don't know when we're going yet because I don't know when I have to go out there for California yet. I just know that it is coming. Yes. But that is uh, it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, and we hope that you guys are staying safe and washing your hands. Yeah, stay safe. Thank you.